How's it going, everybody? You're listening to Trico Tidbits. That's the show with the terrible name, but the fantastic guests. I'm John Yacoub, and I'm joined today by Jeff Prang. Uh, Jeff serves as the LA County uh, Assessor, and he's been involved in multiple facets of public life, uh, including, I believe, uh, as Mayor of West Hollywood. Uh, you also worked uh, with uh, the LA County Sheriff's Department, I saw. Is that right? That's correct. Thanks again for being here today. Did I miss anything? Um, I've been involved in government service most of my adult life. I've worked for the for the city, the a couple of cities and the, and the county as well as the state. And uh, But I think that kind of wraps it up. My, my two, uh, two or three big things were uh, serving on the city council and as mayor of West Hollywood, worked for the sheriff's department for about, uh, about a decade. I was an assistant city manager for several years and I've been with the assessor's office since uh, 2012, almost 10 years. All right. Wow. So uh, now you're as the LA County Assessor, um, I did want to ask before we really get into it, there's a lot of confusion about, uh, you know, what the Office of the Assessor handles. You know, sometimes there's confusion about, you know, whether you're uh, collecting taxes or anything. Uh, can you explain to us a little bit about what you're doing in your office? I can. I'm glad you asked that because uh, I always tell people that I, it's my impression that 99% of the people think that I do things that I don't actually don't do. I don't collect taxes. There are some people who even call me the tax assessor. And to the best of my knowledge, there's no such title in the United States as tax assessor. Uh, in California, in particular, we have assessors and tax collectors, and they're two separate agencies. The assessor is responsible for establishing the value of property. Um, it leads to taxes, but our job is singular. We establish the value of property, um, the tax collector is the one that set, sends out your, your bill, your, your statements, and collects the, uh, uh, the payments. And neither one of us set the rates. The rates are typically established by law, but the auditor controller, which is a third department, they're the ones who uh, uh, take the assessments generated by my office. They're the ones who uh, apply all of the rates and the direct assessments. They then turn the data over to the treasurer tax collector who sends out the bills and collects payments. Okay, so so then you're really addressing you know the property that people hold, the real property. This is what it's worth, and and, and then that's your place. Someone else is coming in and enforcing the tax side. Is that right? That's correct. So so there there is a little bit of overlap. So if you get your tax bill and you think that you have that your uh, tax bill is too high based on the value of your property, um, you would come back to us and say, I think that you have the assessment on that property too high and we would change it. But if it's accurate, um, it goes to the tax collector. Um, they are the ones who are responsible for the, uh, for the billing. So okay. people, people call us all the time with questions about their tax bill. We try to answer their questions, but it's not technically our department that's responsible for tax bills. Okay, I see. And then so you know, you're handling LA County. LA is a big county. There's a lot going on. Uh, would you mind sharing with us what you see as maybe the, the two or three biggest uh, uh, challenges or even opportunities that's, that are approaching the county and uh, what you think that we could be doing about it, especially given your position as assessor? Sure. Just uh, you know, a couple things about the office uh, be, lead, leading into those questions. One, I, I run the largest local property assessment agency in the United States. We have 1,300 employees, of which about 700 our property appraisers. We've got an annual budget of about um, $200 million. Um, and we are responsible for establishing the value for over two and a half million 
real property parcels and business assessments, which were uh, valued about $1.7 trillion last year. And that generates about $17 billion in property taxes, which goes to public schools, city government, county government, and pays for a lot of the basic services that we all depend on, roads, police, fire, libraries, parks, et cetera. So um, we, uh, every year, what, part, part of my duty is the annual assessment role, which is essentially the inventory of all property in LA County. Um, and that assessment role does help serve a number of critical functions. One of them is giving us some health, uh, some indication as to the health of the real estate market. One of the things I can tell you that uh, is happening right now in LA County is that the real estate market, despite the impacts of COVID, has actually been uh, doing very well. In fact, last year, we had the 11th consecutive year of property value growth. Um, residential uh, uh, home prices, not including condos, uh, saw all-time record highs in 2020 and 2021. Um, Good if you own property, you're generating a lot of equity, although on the downside, it's making homeownership much more um, difficult to achieve for a lot of younger younger folks on modest, uh, uh, modest, modest incomes. But there is no indication at this point that the already um, hot property market in LA County is going to uh, continue being anything other than, um, uh, than, than demonstrate strong, strong growth. There are a few other things that were uh, um, that we're working on right now that are of uh, important import to the uh, people in the county. One of them is a new law, um, Senate Bill 9, which allows somebody who owns a single family home in an R1 zoned uh, neighborhood to build up to four units of housing on that property, which was previously limited to a single unit. The state law allows them to divide the lot into two and to build up to four units. And so, uh, there's a lot of folks who are interested in uh, capitalizing on the revenue opportunities from uh, building on their lots. Um, there's also a lot of controversy. A lot of folks living in single family home neighborhoods aren't uh, happy about having uh, single family homes converted into duplexes, triplexes, or fourplexes, but that is the new, the new law. We're trying to get the word out to uh, property owners who are interested in building accessory dwelling units or expanding the property up to two, three, or four units. So let me know that if, if you're doing new construction, um, if you're adding bathrooms, adding kitchens, there will be a reassessment of the property. Not the entire property, but the, but the new construction element of the property. It's also important to note that if you decide to do a, a, a to, to split your lot into two parcels, uh, that all the direct ass assessments, things such as sewer, water, um, transportation, and other voter uh, approved uh, indebtedness will be divided between the two lots. So there are tax implications. It's not all uh, uh, dividing your lot or increasing your property from a single family unit into a duplex, triplex or fourplex. It's not all revenue. There will be uh, tax implications as well. Yeah. Um, another thing that's uh, consuming a lot of our time over the course of the last year is Proposition 19. Uh, Proposition 19 was a voter-approved uh, uh, constitutional amendment uh, that was approved in November of 2020, and it did two things. It amended Prop 13 to allow senior citizens, the severely disabled, and victims of a natural disaster, such as a flood, fire, or earthquake, to transfer their tax base with them when they buy a new home. Um, so if you bought your home in 1990 for $100,000, you can now transfer that tax base up to three times if you qualify, and your taxes for your new home will be the same as they were for your old home. It's a great benefit for seniors. 
you can transfer that benefit three times, you can transfer it anywhere in the state, and you can transfer it to a home of any value. Prop 19 also um, affected uh, family inheritance. Um, although while senior benefits increased, family inheritance benefits actually shrank. Mm -hmm. So under Prop 19, to inherit a property, uh, under the previous law, known as Proposition 58, the law allowed you to inherit your parents' home, their primary residence, and that home could be of any value and it would not be subject to reassessment. Secondly, it allowed you to inherit up to an additional million dollars in property, such as a rental home, um, without that first million dollars being reassessed. Um, under Prop 19, the only property that uh, you can inherit from your parents without a reassessment is their primary residence. Um, but there's also another condition is that in order to inherit that property and the tax base, you have to make that your primary residence within a year after the death of your parents. You also have to apply, uh, apply for the homeowner's exemption. Um, if your parents had additional property, such as a rental property, you can inherit that, but that additional property will now be reassessed at market rate. There's also a cap on how much value of the home that you're inheriting from your parents is, uh, uh, qualifies for the exclusion. So uh, to, to make it really simple, that if your parents' home is worth less than a million dollars, you can inherit that home and the tax base without a reassessment. If it's over a million dollars, which more and more properties in LA County are, um, in fact, there's uh, city of Santa Monica, the median sales price of a home is $3.3 million. Um, if your home is worth, if your parents' home is worth more than a million dollars, you will now get a tax increase. It will be a blended rate. Um, you'll, for the, on the first million dollars, it will be in the inherited rate for your parents and anything over a million dollars will be assessed at market rate. So um, it is a, a Prop 19 has been a particular challenge for assessors, uh, primarily because as adopted, the measure was unenforceable. There were a lot of deficiencies and ambiguities in it. Um, complicating things even more was the measure required that it be put into effect three and four months after the election. Uh, most assessors throughout California agreed that we needed anywhere between 12 and 18 months to effectively retool our systems, our technology, our uh, internal uh, workflow, uh, uh, workflow processes and internal controls. Uh, we needed about a year and a half to, to make those changes, but the measure required us to do it within three months which was an impossibility. So um, while we did work to get legislation to clarify all those deficiencies, it didn't get introduced until after the measure went into effect um, and didn't get passed into law until September 30th. The, the net effect of this on property owners, if you were a senior citizen transferring your base year starting last February, um, we didn't process it yet uh, because we, we didn't have the, we, we, frankly, we didn't know how. We needed this legislation to clarify how to process these, um, uh, these, these transfers. So a lot of them sat while uh, waiting for the legislation to get, uh, get approved. Uh, in LA County, there's a several thousand applications that we're just now starting to, uh, to process. Uh, what that means for, uh, for, for homeowners is that it's possible you may get a, a supplemental tax bill for the new value of your home until we get to the point where we can process your application for Prop 19. Gotcha. Well, and, you know, I, I don't think many of us in the public really kind of conceive of that. We've got these wish lists, you know, that are, are, are ballot measures or, you know, what have you, but actually implementing that is not something many people, uh, you know, are, are thinking about once the, once the vote has been cast. 
It's uh, well, they don't, and I will I will say that from my experience with this particular measure, it really shines a light on how difficult it is to do complex property tax law and a ballot measure. It was written by the legislature, and no 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 disrespect to the legislature, but they're generalists. Um, assessors are specialists. The law was uh, written uh, without a lot of consultation with assessors, so they baked in a lot of efficiencies and ambiguities into the law. Things such as you know, things that may seem simple, but um, you know they dealt with the issue of a family farm. And you and I probably think we know what a family farm is, but how do you define that under the law? You know, one, what is a family? Is it uh, uh, brothers and sisters and children and grandchildren? Is it your first cousin twice removed? We need to know what family members qualify. Secondly, we need to know what a, what a farm is. Is a farm is something that's actively growing um, vegetables or raising uh, or raising livestock? What happens if the farm isn't doing those things for a year or two? Does that uh, does that qualify to continue to uh, grant the exemption? We needed definitions to all those sort of things. Um, another big flaw in Prop 19 that we saw right away was a. Uh, under the parent to child um, exclusion, it said that your children could inherit your property without being reassessed. But the way it was written also su seemed to suggest that for your children, if you had three or four children, all of your children needed to move into the property in order to qualify for that exclusion. Obviously that's absurd. Obviously that cannot be what they, they intended, but that's what the law said. And we required legislation to clarify those points so that we could um, implement it fairly. I see. And then, and, but it sounds like now they're actually starting to get processed. That's right. They're starting to get processed. Um, you know, there's, uh, there's been a little bit of uh, discussion in the media lately about what, 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 you know, what's the reasons taking so long. Is that just a bunch of bureaucrats slowing things down? And it really isn't because you know, uh, there's first, there's several departments that each have a different piece of the property tax administrative system. There's my department. And as I mentioned earlier, there's the auto controller, there's the treasurer tax collector, and all three of us have to work in sync. We all have different practices and protocols and how we do our job. Uh, we all operate more or less, we operate like a, like a production line. And when there's a change in the law, we essentially have to stop the production line, figure out the way to do the new production, incorporate that into our systems. It also deviates our employees from doing their normal um, production work as we begin to add this additional work to our workload. And some of these things simply take um, take a, a great deal more time. Now, while my department has invested about $100 million in the last five years upgrading our technology, uh, we're not quite complete with that. There are still systems that, are, that, uh, that rely on old mainframe and AS400 systems, including at the auditor's office, as well as the treasure tax collector. And those things um, take a little bit more time to, uh, to program. They're not as robust. They don't, uh, it's not like you're, uh, your modern desktop where you can do a lot of things just at the tip of your fingers. Some of the stuff is old and manual and uh, uh, difficult to, uh, to, to make changes. So we're catching up as fast as we can while we continue to do our, our, normal, uh, our no normal workflow. All right, I see. But, and, and then so you're able to you know, translate the will of the electorate into something practicable here. Uh, but you mentioned the technological upgrades. I know that was one of the goals you had for your office when you were uh, standing for re-election. So how's the progress? I know you said you've you made some progress on that. What does that look like? So we began the, the, the project in earnest in 2016. Um, it is a complete transformation of our technology platform. And just to give you a snapshot of what it was 
back in 2014 when I was elected, we had this 1970s, 1980s era mainframe green screen DOS based technology platform. Um, all of our property files, the two and a half million files I, I told you about, were still associated with paper files. So we have uh, we are now building a new system. We're working with Oracle, which is one of the big technology companies in the country. We're building a cloud-based system. We have digitized all of those those documents. Um, we have already uh, uh, enabled a great deal of the functionality of the system, which you would see if you go to our website or if you do property searches, or if you go to the county's open data website to do uh, uh, research on uh, assessment data. Um, we're in the final phase. We've got about a year left on the, the project. Right now, we're working on a lot of our um, what we call workflow um, uh, functions, dealing with a lot of um, what are currently paper-based um, functionalities, such as some of the exemptions, such as Prop 19. Um, we will be moving off the main, totally off the mainframe by this fall, and onto the uh, onto the new system by uh, by hopefully by next fall. Hmm. Um, almost anything that you uh, need to deal with, any type of forms or documents that you do out, that you that you now need to print out and sign and mail, a lot of that stuff will be able to be done online. It'll be a very robust system that will be convenient for employees to be more efficient and should really make it uh, uh, interaction with the property tax system much easier for members of the public. <clears throat> okay, so part of the net benefit is just going to be easier for members of the public to find what they need. Uh, any other benefits to the public? So, so what are the you know right right now? You can go on our website. You can type in a property address, and you can get all the information that the government has about that uh, about that property that's um, uh, that's publicly uh, available. We also have information on our website about the from the from the treasurer tax collector to let you know what the current tax uh, tax rates are, what the uh, um, uh, the role role preparation tax rate will, will be. Um, taxes are owed. A lot of a lot of really good, helpful information. There's maps. There are um, uh, we have pictometry, which provides uh, you know satellite uh, Im images. It's a pretty robust amount of uh, in information. There's also historic assessment data, as I referenced on the county's open data website. If uh, you know a lot of professionals, uh, title companies, uh, uh, escrow companies use this uh, this tool on a, on a on a regular basis. The uh, uh, we've up updated our uh, our website, which has a lot of it, useful information for property owners. One of the things we found is that the number of emails and phone calls that we've been receiving in the last couple of years has begun to level off. And that's because information is so easy to use in a do-it-yourself fashion that you don't need to call and, uh, and speak with someone. Uh, some of the benefits to our employees uh, used to be every appraisal required two or three or four different sets of hands to touch it, to get it into the system. Now it's uh, the, the appraiser who does the appraisal does almost all the work themselves, um, which allows frees up resources to take care of other um, uh, things such as backlogs, other special projects. All right. And so then, uh, you know, it sounds like we're actually building out this system. It's going to carry forward into the future. We're making things a bit smoother now with transition, uh, you know, with the Prop 19 uh, changes in effect. So all of this going on in the background, if you don't mind uh, answering, when you're not basically out there serving the community, what are you generally doing with your time? So, um, well, well, I actually do, a, a, as, you, as you know, I do a great deal of uh, public public outreach, public education, 
um, trying to help people detangle the complexity of the property tax administrative system, which has multiple departments, not just mine, mm-hmm. is what I, something I think is a key part of my, my job. But um, some of the, the core functions of what I do every day deal with um, trying to secure the resources that we need, whether it be fiscal resources, uh, personnel resources, ensuring that we have a constant pipeline of, uh, of employees to fill vacancies, to make sure that we have enough bodies to, to, to do the work of the department. Mm-hmm. I work closely with the California Assessors Association on regulatory policy and uh, other type of public policy impacting the way that assessors do our jobs and, um, and guiding legislators on their legislative ideas and how that will affect the property tax administrative uh, system. Um, one of the things I'm really, one of the initiatives that I just launched in the last six months that I'm particularly proud of is a workforce development program. This is a, a partnership with local community colleges to train our real estate appraisers in the community colleges instead of in my government offices. This, uh, you know, I lose about 30 appraisers a year to retirement and other forms of, of attrition. I need a higher 30 a year just to keep you know, uh, status quo. We don't always have the capacity to hire every year, and sometimes we end up fall, falling back. But by having training at the community colleges, we will always have a pool of people who've got base level training that we can hire that don't have as much impact on our, um, on our workload. And um, also importantly, we create a pipeline of jobs, good g- jobs in, in government, which pays well, good, uh, good benefits in retirement to communities that the community colleges serve, particularly uh, people of color, Latinos, African-Americans, where a job in government could be really a, a, a good opportunity uh, for a career advancement. Now, one question I like to ask uh, uh, those who've chosen a life in, in public service is, is there any, uh, is there any event, uh, either event or just influence in your life that led you to, to start down this path? As you said, you've been involved with the county, with the city of LA, with Pico Rivera, West Hollywood. So you've got this uh, big, uh, you know, compendium of work you've done. What, what, would you, what do you attribute the inspiration to all that work to? You know, I cannot remember a point in my life where I was not interested in public service. Even when I was a little kid, uh, I, w- I was quite young at the tail end of the uh, of the you know the 1960s social revolution, the, the Vietnam War, and my parents were uh, well, they weren't involved, but they were very cognizant of what was going around on in the world. Mm-hmm. They had a, a sense of uh, of compassion and need to. Uh, uh, help other, other people. And I always just had a sense that I wanted to be in a position where I could have the authority to make other people's lives better, to combat injustice, to, uh, um, uh, to be the sort of public uh, servant that truly emphasizes serving people um, uh, because I believe government serves a role in helping make people's lives better and helping make our communities better. And that's just always been part of uh, part of my makeup. All right. Well, thank you for answering that. I do have I have one uh, little tradition on the show. So if you will humor me for one moment, sure. I'm going to throw up uh, just a quote on a share screen. Uh, and if you would, it's it's not required, of course. But if you would, if you feel like delivering that quote as as straight or dynamic as you'd like, uh, I would be obliged to. Sure. I'm going to throw it up here and then you can uh, take a look. Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. Nothing could be a 
could be more true. So thank you. It's just a little something we do to, to you know, end on a light note. But uh, Jeff, thank you so much for uh, for taking t- take the time to speak with us today to let us know what we can expect in the county. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we uh, we sign off? I just really want to thank you very much for inviting me to be on here. I've enjoyed the relationship I've had with Tri-County for the seven years I've been in this office. It's been a great partnership. Um, I rely on uh, real estate professionals to help me deliver a lot of the more obscure um, information that's helpful to property owners, but also uh, Tri-County has been a great advisor to me, helping me uh, keep my thumb on the pulse of what real estate professionals need, what the community is, uh, uh, needs from the assessor's office. And believe it or not, the conversations that we have lead to changes on our website. They lead to differences in how we present information and what we talk about to the community. It's been a real uh, pleasure to, uh, to work with all of you over the last uh, number of years. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, we hope to have you on again. Absolutely. I look forward to it. All right. Have a great one. Thank you. Thank you.